Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. We want to thank our brand new sponsor, BetterHelp. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash core gaming and start living a better life today. Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. You control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has infected it with treacherous monsters and obstacles. In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the dragon's lair. Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. Welcome back to uh, Play Retro. This is Play Retro episode 18. I'm Scott Johnson, your host, and I won't stop until I defeat Commander Borf. Borf. And I am your other host, Brian Dunaway. And could you call my mom? I just spent my last 50 cents on watching Dirk die again. No, Borf. <laughs> he dies a lot, man. And he says a lot of great does. things. Like, uh, here, let me play this real quick. This is, here's, here's Dirk making noises. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a spaz. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get into all things Dragon's Lair, all the way up to 7th Guest. We're not going to cover every game as much as we probably will Dragon's Lair itself, but uh, these Laserdisc full motion video games that were kind of a weird couple of year thing for both Brian and I growing up, and they were mm-hmm. all at once impressive and janky and influential and short-lived. Expensive. Uh, it's a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. So... To- yeah. Two of my darn quarters. That's like, I think. Can you even talk about Dragon's Lair without the first sentence being that thing was fifty cent? Yeah, you take a, every game. Take fifty yeah. cents every time. Take two or sorry, a dollar to play it twice. And yeah. that game also so it had dip switches in there to give you as low as I believe one life. You can do free play as well. We had that, but oh my god, you do Who, one life. What kind of hateful arcade or gas station owner? <laughs> yeah, what kind of jerk would do that? 
some jerk. My I guess my dad had it on three. He never put it on five, but right. Um, my memory of that thing is is pretty deep. So we're going to get into all of that, all of that coming up. Before we get to it, though, uh, there's a really cool Kickstarter going on right now. I wanted to let people what? know about. Uh, it's for NES Pro Magazine. You're like, whoa, wait, what? Uh, okay. okay. Uh, it is a. I'm going to pull it up here so everybody can see it. It is a Kickstarter currently still in the running. Uh, looks like they've got 24 days to go, so still plenty of time to hop on. Here, description is NES Pro Magazine. A collection of NES professionals are creating a magazine dedicated to the greatest video game console of all time, the original NES. Uh, your opinion may vary on that, but uh, right, 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 right. But there's a good chance that you're super into NES stuff, and they're making uh, a pretty rad thing. I think I I love the idea Wait. of. A, of a, I'm on. Why am I on Kickstarter Spanish? I don't know what you're doing over there. Get rid of the SPN or whatever is in the address. That's what I thought. There's no SPN in there. I copied your link and I'm there. Why is it? Why do you think I speak Espanol? I don't know. Because you look like a guy's, you know, uh, you're you're a storied guy with smart things in your life and you know things. Anyway, I'm, ex- I'm interested in this NES Pro, man. I I was at that uh, that 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 retro game store a couple of weeks ago, ago and I, they had all kinds of old Nintendo games and every uh, Nintendo magazines and gaming magazines. I had to resist. Yeah. I had to resist. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, there's two things going here. One is the NES part of this. And then the other part is the magazine part of this. And so on the one hand, we have a lot of nostalgia for that console, but I think that there's a weird right now building nostalgia for, zines and and dedicated yes. like magazines and junk like i i feel like the Substack, uh you know flood of newsletters from everybody is really kind of just a throwback right. to that and I so think, i think you're right yeah, yeah. so i think magazines a, in your hands we've talked about this i think we talked about it last week or were we talking about it on film Stack? anyway yeah there's a big difference between consuming content digitally, whereas just a, a million clicks, a million things in your eyes, yeah. and then looking at magazines or you know, or listening to an album on vinyl. It takes a good bit of singular focus. That this, that's one of the things I miss about the I nostalgia. Know. I agree. I love getting those, coming home, plopping on the obsessed. couch, and not moving for the next two hours because I was reading that yeah. thing back to front. I loved that stuff. <laughs> and so, you read every bit of it because that thing was five, six bucks. Yeah, it was big. And That's you were, real money. You had to get, yeah, you wanted to, like I had Next Generation Magazine and for a while I wasn't sub to it. I had to go, you know, pick my copy up at a Barnes and Noble or whatever. It was like a $7 right. magazine every time I picked it up. But I didn't care because it was people, full of good stuff that I wanted, you know? I was into it. Yeah. And those, so, pe- those poor people who are too young to remember uh, getting magazines uh, by, by the handfuls. You're you're really missing out on all the stuff that fell out of magazines when you try to sit lay down on the couch and open oh, yeah. it and all the stuff that would just rain down on you. They have names for that. Um, little hold on, little cards inside magazines. Little cards inside magazines that always fall out on you. are like, oh look, I'm subscribing. I'm gonna subscribe to this magazine, I suppose. Oh look, a little perfume thing. Yeah, well that they, stinks. They it all ha- smells <laughs> the same. <laughs> they have a name for these. Shoot, there's a great name for them, and I don't remember what it is. The it's the equivalent it. of the attract mode on on the arcade machines. Oh, there. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Valkyrie <laughs> needs food badly, and they'd pull you in. Anyway, uh, so that's that. I want you guys to go check it out. So search for, uh, just go to kickstarter.com and search yeah. for NES Pro. You'll find it. It's the first thing that comes up. What's the what's the what's the price levels there? Because I can't read this. I can't. I don't know what these uh, these. What what kind of pricing is this? This is not U.S. Okay, maybe it is U.S. dollars. It is uh, U.S. You're probably still stuck in some weird thing. But there's ten to get in. Twenty get you the first two issues, digital and physical. 
Uh, 30, you get, uh, let's see, digital only, but you get six issues. Uh, third tier, you get the standard tier where you get copies of all 2022 and 2023 issues of NES Pro Magazine, digital and physical, like a whole bunch of good stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about, uh, where, where would you put these magazines? Uh, <laughs> would you consume them? You know, we used to throw magazines away. You could keep them, but I, I always threw my, threw game my ones magazines away. away. My, my game ones are never thrown away. I kept all, I still have them all. I got like boxes of next gen and game if, pro and EGM and all that. If they were, yeah, if they had something valuable in them, like if there was like a guide or codes or something like that, I'd keep them. But if it was just a bunch of stories, eh, I'm like my magazine, where am I going to put you at? Normally I'm with See you, up. but I'm glad I kept those because the other day I popped open the inaugural issue of Next Generation, which I think covered. Oh, I don't remember. It may not have been the first issue, but anyway, on the cover of it was. Oh, yeah, it was. And it was on the cover was like Virtua Fighter characters. Oh, nice. And, and it was talking like Saturn and the, stuff. The saddest and, uh, I ever got was when I started uh, developing allergies to old books. Oh, that a thing? I didn't know that. I used to go to the library all the time and I started developing an allergy to, I don't know if it's, if it's mold or what it is, but I can open an old book. And my nose will just shut down. Weird. It's just like close. That's and the weird. same thing uh, would happen with some magazines, not all, according to what type of paper they were using. Um, and I guess it's the dust in the paper or something. Is it breaking down yeah. or something? I don't know, but it made me so sad because I loved, I loved it. That's the reason why I was so happy when the internet came along. And I'm like, digital. I'm not allergic to you at all. Yeah, digital. Thanks, digital, for not being an allergy, uh, an allergen. Right. But yeah, look, like uh, um, in those magazines, if you flip around, even the articles, they're great now because you can go, what were they saying about a thing that now is considered yes. old and ancient? Like, were they acting like it was the next hottest thing? Were they, you know, how flowery is this language about the future of video games? And there's some value in that. It's interesting Dude. stuff. Plus, Inter it's all like a lot of it's pre-internet. So you got a lot of like yeah. big a-hole takes happening in the letters section that now is like an entire, you know, Reddit freaking page with a thousand users in it so i do love the a-hole comment section yeah oh, yeah oh, man and the, and the fan art a lots of times would be wicked cool to see too even though most of it was trash every once in a while you see something fan freaking fantastic yeah uh, i loved all that stuff and i but one of my favorite things from these old magazines of course any types of tips because they seem so quaint and uh <laughs> and also i love any interviews with developers because it is so good to see the snapshot of the interviewer at that moment or the interviewee at that moment, because those stories change. I've found as we've done this show and the more I dig into the history of gaming yeah. and the more I read interviews through decades by this, you know, by the same interviewee, uh, that their stories change as it does. Our memories change, right? Sure. And you add and you, and you, and you take away. And so it's good to see the, the, the old stuff. Yep. See what they said back in the days. There's some. There's were. a really great old article uh, when they announced the, the original Xbox, where they sat right. down. Next generation sat down with uh, Bill Gates and went all over all the details about what that thing was going to be. That is a trippy interview. It's weird. Yeah, as Bill Gates said, we don't think about it a lot now. Yeah, but Bill Gates used to say stupid crap all the time. Oh, all the time. I mean, he yeah. he, he says stupid things now, but it's in a different way. He used to say stupid things. All the time back yeah. in the day. It was back like, then, we, yeah. Yeah. Back well, and in, in this particular case, obviously it was shilling for this new console, but it was yeah. hilarious to read 
a they company. were the king. Microsoft was the king of FUD, and uh, Bill Gates. Yeah, he was the. But it was cool. You know, it was interesting ranger. listening to the people who were kind of um, had let gaming go to everyone else. Like Microsoft right. was notoriously bad at harnessing that, even though they had the the PC platform that everybody was playing their games on. They yeah. let console companies come left and right and take any possible thunder of theirs, and they never seemed to care until they did. And then they yes, cared, right. and right now they care a lot. And it's it's I a fascinating it's a fascinating trail to to follow. It really so. is. I mean, let's face it. I mean, is we talk about it on this show all the time. Is is if you go back and see how video games slowly took over the world as far as the money goes. There's if you want if you want there's so much money in gaming, it's just outrageous. It it yep. eclipses everything else, entertainment wise. Much money in the gaming. Much, much money. money in the game. So Matt D sent you a SNES, and I don't. And now he and I are on bad terms. Just kidding. <laughs> Matt D, hey he's in man. the chat. He's in the chat, so I'm teasing him. I'm totally kidding. But anyway, right, right. Matt you, D's a great guy. Yeah. Thank you, Matt D from Canada. Sent me this uh, Super NES. I'm taking uh, good care of it. And when I get when I get a little further along, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna have a road show, and I'm gonna I'm gonna box some of this stuff up, and we're gonna like uh, we're gonna ship it to Scott, and he can do his uh, he can do his. Gonna be like a, I imagine kind of like a a. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, uh, like when you send when you send your artwork to be displayed oh. in a particular area. What am I looking for? What's the uh, words I'm tour, looking for? A tour, um, a tour, a tour. Yeah, there you go. That's a good word for it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send some of this hardware <laughs> that that's been donated to Play Retro, and I'm gonna send it on tour out to Scott's place so we can uh, have people come by there and check it out. I see what we'll you're saying. Get a little yeah. place and stuff. So, yeah, working yeah. on some stuff. That's very cool. Uh, and you got Super Ghosts and Ghouls. Good luck ever beating that ever ever. It's not that, gonna happen. I've I've gotten past one ghoul. Yeah, that's a hard ass game. It that's really a hard ass game. Yeah, the card. The the would you like? The, would the you like to see it? I can turn it on. Do you have it? Put, turn it on. Put it in there. <laughs> okay. No, you have to go over there and unplug I it. I do, but then I have to flip switches, and I'm not prepared for that. Yeah, don't be prepared for that. But here's yeah, the thing. just watch the Sega Saturn ship fly around instead. How about that? That's fine. But the arc the arcade uh, version of Ghosts and Ghouls was a was a little shit kicker bastard game. Yes, it was. That thing was designed to get take to, quarters, and that's it. We're going to get to Ghost and Ghouls. You think so? You think that'll get its own little spotlight one day? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be all by itself, but it'll... We'll do it's a little be. Capcom um, yeah. scroll yeah. beat-em-up uh, deal. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, well done, everybody. Oh, tell me about the, the TV you found on the side of the road that you didn't pick up. What happened oh, there? so this past weekend, for context that those, those people don't know, it was Mother's Day 2022, and I was driving down the road. I was going to the auto zone. Nope, advanced auto. I was picking up some car parts for mother-in-law so that we could work on our car. That was what I was doing on Mother's Day. Anyway, I was riding along in my little car, and all of a sudden, I see on the side of the road a 27-inch Sanyo CRT just sitting there in the ditch. Damn. Damn. And I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Were you tempted? No, it has it hasn't rained today, so it's probably good. Oh. Did you like go? Oh. I probably had yard sales yesterday and nobody bought it. And mm, oh no, it's just free TV. Just sitting right there. I could put it in my collection and hit the road with it. And I drove down the road. I hit the brakes. Person behind me. Me. What happened? <laughs> I'm just I'm looking. And so I turned around and Drove back and I drove by real slow. Rooms taking a look out the window, looking at it, seeing if I could see anything special. Like, did I really see Sharp or did I see Sanyo? I yeah. definitely didn't see Sony. And I'm like, yeah, it's a Sharp. It's got like a, 
It's a later model because it's got the uh, it's got the narrow tube in the back, so it's a little bit flat, but it's still still curved on the front. And I was just like, "Am I going to be the guy who pulls off on the side of the road and picks up a fifty pound TV and puts it into his Kia Soul and takes off?" I mean, in the daytime, it's daytime, right? It's daytime. Okay, it's so daytime. Broad daylight. Are you going to be that guy? Probably right. not going to be that guy. Is is that me? I'm like, is that me? Is that who I am now? No. Is that who I am? No. And I'm like, no, I'm leaving. So I left. And then I drove back by on the way back. And I was like, okay, here's the deal, Brian. I'm making deals with myself now. I'm like, here's the deal. Yeah. Uh, if there's an opportunity yeah. and things look good, I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Why not? So I started coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started coming <laughs> back up. And as soon as I was getting there, as soon as I was almost there, here comes the owners of the house uh, coming out in their car and they pull up to the curb right next to the TV. And I was like, nope, I hear you. I hear you, universe. I ain't about to get out and have that conversation. Let's go. So what they do? So Stick, they get out and put it back in their house, or pick it up, or what they do? <laughs> no, yeah. who put this TV out here? Yeah, what's going no, on? They, uh, <laughs> why, honey? Why would you? Why, why would you put my TV out here, honey? <laughs> uh, no, he said. I, I don't know what they did. They just. I, they were just pulling out. They were just pulling out. But that was but, enough to um, tell you. Yeah, I'm not pulling over here. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not. It was, it was enough to discourage me. There was enough embarrassment yeah. of me. You know, yeah. I'm just picking up your trash. Yeah, but take I mean, if people are going to put now. a TV out by the curb, I feel like they know what they're doing. They're putting it out there to get. Taken, right yeah they are they are but i don't want to be the person i don't want them to see my face we live in a small town and then every time i see them in walmart they'll go oh look there's a poor guy doesn't have a tv and had to get that took our tv ditch. yeah how you enjoying your tv <laughs> do you think it even worked because you know. i i don't know that was the risk it's like do i want to pick up a 50 pound tv just take it home and find out it's got a big green spot or something you know or yeah. it just doesn't work it's at all busted. it's probably fine those things were tanks yeah it's they could take a fine, lot that's but... true chat room uh, reminds me uh, captain kipper reminds me in europe or at least in the uk if you say uh they call it fly tipping it's where they still uh, oh, fly tipping yeah they'll put uh, junk out on the street for people to take like a mattress uh, yeah. Oh, not a mattress. Who takes a mattress? Oh, it happens, dude. Here it happens. Gross. I watched somebody. I watched somebody put a mattress out in the street not far from me, and then I watched a lady drive up and have her husband jam it in the back of their car <laughs> in about a half an hour. <laughs> so they are into it. Some of is these that, people. Is that your dog's mattress? I want to know. <laughs> but okay, so it hurt my feelings that I couldn't save this CRT because I was too much of a coward, and I have was ego. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm just not. It's not I coward. didn't want to Something deal else. with the hassle. No, that's that- just, you know what that is? That's you, that's you making a, a decision in the moment that is probably best right. suited for you in that it's, moment. It's fine. It was probably the best decision. But then I talked to my friend the next day, yeah. really close friend. We, Me and him collected, we used to go to Coconuts. That's a place around here, it, uh, just not too far away. We used to buy laser disc movies back when they cost like $75, $90 a pop. And uh, we've been big. We and me and him just encouraged each other constantly to buy more laser disc movies all the time. And so I'm talking to him the other day, and I was telling him about TV. He said, "Oh yeah, well, I just threw out like 30 laser disc movies, and my I just died inside." You I, want like, those laser disc movies? You threw them away? Yeah. No, I don't actually want them. I want to send them somewhere they could be safe. Mm. The, the the dump doesn't seem like the, like the right. I'm, I'm oh, he just threw them out. A, he like threw them out. Like threw him trash. out into the dump. Oh, geez. Trash. That is Goodbye. stupid. Goodbye. No longer circulated. No, it is fine, really, because lasers, laser discs have laser rot, you know, and they're not, they're not meant to last forever. But I was like, 
I I know a guy. Well, not only that, they're going to be the, the players are harder to get. They break these. all the time. Like, you know, at the yes. very least, here's what I would have done because he probably had some like cool ones in there, like Pink Floyd, The Wall movie, or you had like uh, Star Wars or something. You take that right. thing and you stick it on the wall, and you and now it's a it's a permanent piece of art on your wall. There's a disc in there. Maybe you have it come out a little bit so it looks like it's on yeah. display, and that's what you yeah. do with your laser discs. That's what I would yeah. have done. Yeah, put it on display. That's it's got a lot of them have really great uh, artwork on the outside. You've seen cover boxes. A lot of work goes in all that stuff. But yeah, I I was just I was just thinking Game Swap in in uh, in Ohio that yeah. I stopped by, and that's where I got the Sega Saturn from, and I was like. I was like, oh man, those guys were selling laser disc. I would have, if he had to just give me those thirty laser disc, I would have just got in touch with them. Sold and them. when I've paid, I paid for shipping. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell them to him. I just pay for shipping to send them to him, so he could put them on the shelf, so that if it just tickles somebody's fancy that that there was that movie, it just, it just felt wrong that it was going. Both those things, I just wanted to save from the trash, even well, though I have no place to put them. Maybe uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a seagull at the landfill going, oh, dude, look at this. It's a freaking copy of uh, Fifth Element on Laserdisc or whatever. They'll be <laughs> stoked about it. So don't worry. So they'll I, find a I, I'm, I'm, I'm addressing my mental health issue right now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure it out. I've got to, I've got to get it under control. All right. If you end up getting those again, <laughs> send me uh, some. I'll put them on the wall. I think that's a great use of that. Sort Absolutely. Of stuff. I've got some laser discs that I already do the same thing with, and I'll send you some laser discs. Yeah. I'll pick up. I got. I've got like all the Disney stuff. I've got like Aladdin, the super big collector's edition, and I got like uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, work in progress laser disc. They're crap. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. I mean, it's like 480i tops, and they all look like crap. Even, but, but when you play them on your small CRT, they look okay. But yeah. if you try to like upscale them on regular TV, they look like patuki. Yeah, look like but yeah, especially they're there, and you know the contents out there already. Says, but this is the thing, yeah. laser disc. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. So I got a question here, real fast. I got yeah. this Mad Max cartridge. See. Oh, I love that. Yes, NES Mad Max cartridge. Is that yeah. a real deal? Because that thing is mint. It's real. It's in mint condition. Uh, well, it's not in the case, you know, I don't have the packaging or whatever. This was sent yeah, yeah, to me yeah, by yeah. a fan. I think it was David is his name, if I remember right. David, I apologize if that's wrong. David. <laughs> or if I'm calling you the wrong guy. Anyway. Just call him Mad Max Man. I've never seen this game before. So part of me wants to, because I just love all things Mad Max, I kind of want to just hang this on the wall and never play yeah. it. But just it's go. It's got Mel Gibson on it. I'm going to go get the ROM or something and play this. Let's see if it's in Do you think. I think you should get that. Do you have a Retron 5? I don't have a Retron 5. No, sir, I don't. You should get a Retron 2, maybe? I think that's the one. It's, they're like 50 bucks or less and allow you to play your carts there unless you just want to hook up your NES original. I don't have one right now, so I'd have to, yeah. I'd have to procure one. Although, yeah. oh, the Retron, right. The 5, the yeah. 3, those are the, the ones that yeah. got all the cartridge slots and shit in them. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Retrons, you can. It's just basically a, a an emulator that allows you to plug in your original carts like yeah. that. Super sweet Mad Max. Uh, you have to post that on Twitter or something on our Twitter feed so people can see how sweet that freaking thing pretty is. Pretty good, yeah. Um, it's a good shape. Uh, but what it does when you plug it in, when you when you insert your cart, it uh, and you launch the Retron, it downloads the ROM into local memory. Um, and these way you can rip it too. You can like you can. There's there's ways you can hack it and keep those ROMs too. By the way, uh, and then it emulates it on the system and allows you. The Retron has the ports for the original controllers if you want to do it that way or if you want to do an eight bit do. But uh, it's pretty cool. I I like mine. Mm, okay, I'll have to look into it. Check this out. Their caution on the back of this. I'd never read this before. 
Do not store in extreme temperatures. Okay, check. Oh, yeah. Do check. not immerse, or immerse in water of any kind. Check. Do not clean right. with benzene, thinner, alcohol, or other such solvents. Nintendo yeah, 1985. We always do. That would really kill the sticker, but and it could cause some trouble on your contacts. But, uh, you know, usually it's probably the best way to go. A little, little alcohol. <laughs> There you go. So now you're up. just now. See, so you're just you're just blowing spit in there, and that's gonna make it even worse. Yep, I'm ruining that thing on the from the inside out. Anyway, let's get to these laser disc nightmares that we've been playing this week. They're not nightmares; they're great games. Here you go. This is fun. Shall we play a game? All right. You heard of the intro of the show? We played the entire introduction of Dragon's Lair. Uh, yeah, we did. Dragon's Lair, a 1980... And read by Michael Rye, who's in the game as well. You may remember him from The Gummy Bears. Do you remember him I doing I do remember him. I, he also did some work? voices for, like, He-Man. I recognize his voice yeah. from some G.I. Joe cartoons. Pound puppies. Yeah, he did tons of stuff, that guy. Yeah, the um, Lone he, Ranger. Yeah, Ooh. he was he was uh, he was a prolific uh, uh, voice dude at the time, and you'd find him in all sorts of mm-hmm. things that were aimed at our generation. But um, when this game came out, um, so spe- I have a couple of special connections to to all things Dragon's Lair, um, and it comes from a, cu- a couple of directions. Number one, the cr- uh, creator slash animator dude in charge of all Don. this is Don Bluth, and yeah, Don, Don Bluth uh, was born. In uh, or it was born around us and went to BYU is like a local hero around here. People love Don. Oh, Bluth. he's got to be right. Yeah. Don Bluth, amazing Disney animator that went on to do his own thing through the eighties and nineties. Yeah, which was very unusual at that time. Nobody else was doing that, yeah. and they he kind of escaped the Disney system, started doing his own thing, and um, you know, along with a bunch of really great animated films. You know, Secret of Nim's mm-hmm. Nim's still one of my favorite things I ever uh, watch. I yeah. love that. Movie. And and uh, one of the things that Rick Dyer points to and says he went to see secret in him by mm-hmm. the way yeah and he was like that's the guy yeah that's the guy He's who's going to animate dragon slayer yeah and they and rightly so i think that his style uh, is perfect for it and yeah. is just disney enough but also its own unique thing by the mm-hmm. way if you still if you ever get a chance to watch t- titan i a titan i a E uh, what is it? A E after Earth. That's right. Titan A-E. after Earth. E A E A. I want to say E A, but it's E-A? Like, it's A. I don't think it's E A. Is E A? Is that right? No, it's A. I think it's A E. Yeah, it's, it's A-E. A-E. After, it's Earth. after Earth. It's not Earth after. It's it's bugging me in my head. Anyway, um, <laughs> that movie's great. It should be watched more. Right. I don't think enough people saw it when it was a thing and was actually out. Yeah, man, Don Bluth did so many great things, but Secret in Him is probably one of my most favorite things in the world, and it's so dark and. It has a fantasy feel to it, and that's just perfect for Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. <laughs> Dirk the Daring, Dirk, we'll call him, in his yeah, porn Dirk life. Dirk the Daring is what his Diggler. name is in uh, yeah, Dragon's Lair. So, so here's the other connection I have to it. Um, it was in one of our arcades when I was a kid. Uh, you're a young teen, I guess. And um, that thing never worked right. Like It worked, but it not. was in very small spurts. Uh, then what would happen? You'd have it like for a week, it's fine. And then suddenly, um, it ate my quarters and didn't, and we're like, well, what's going on now? And it was always the laser was off kilter or like off center. You had to re, you know, that thing was so sensitive to any kind of movement. So if anybody bonked your, your, your cabinet, you were screwed and it just gave you a read error and then there was no game. So, you know, as much as the 50 cents bugged me, as much as, you know, 
you know, the game was hard and you had to memorize it to actually beat the thing. The real problem for me was you never knew if one of the machines was going to fail on you or not because those laser yeah. things sucked. They were bad. They they did. The, those are early generation laser displays. We had seen more. We had seen some that were like, you know, at schools and that in academic places usually. But this was uh, laser discs that were being put in arcade machines. They were receiving contact. Now, if you don't know what a laser disc is, it's a, it's a it's about the size of a vinyl record, uh, but as shiny like a CD, right? And so, yeah, it's prone to skipping just like your CDs were because it's got a laser that reads that, and that arm is is only so stiff and only can take so much impact. Yep. And uh, it's a lot of fast reading. Those yeah. things spin pretty fast. Oh, it's and uh, yeah, it was, it was easy to to knock those out of whack. Yeah, you could totally f those up. Um, the game itself, uh, for those not familiar with it, uh, you you play this character named Dirk the Daring. He's after the princess who's in this castle. The intro kind of explained Daphne. it. Daphne. And you go through a number of animated sequences that are pre-animated, but they have different outcomes depending on your hand-eye coordination. So if you're like, oh, I'm heading toward this pillar and there's flames on the left, at the very right moment, I need to hit right and get out of there. Right. And if you right. don't, you are treated to a, a one of the many hilarious death animations that plagued Dirk the, when he would die. The reward, the the chef's kiss, the reward for failing <laughs> was to get to watch Dirk the Daring die in hilarious ways. We're talking about 1983 people. You didn't see Pac-Man dying in hilarious ways, right? He no. just went, bloop, and he just folded it on himself and he's out. So, you know, this was so this was totally different. This yep. was something amazing it was amazing and part of the game part of the value of the game was losing so that you got to see these alternate outcomes and there were sometimes different ones or multiple ones for for a certain scenario so one death just barely to the left might be slightly different than if you went to the right but always you got you know these hilarious deaths he always screamed like an idiot Uh, right now i'm watching a, a compilation of all of his deaths um and they're great. There's my favorite with the spider on his head. He starts whacking the spider. The I also like when this launches him. It's just great. The spider is hilarious <laughs> because it it it's a huge spider. First of all, it's as, as big as his head. It, it jumps on his face and he's hitting it with his sword. Yeah, and it is uh, it is quite hilarious. It's very violent too. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, this is Saturday morning cartoon fair. This was very much what you would see. Uh, on the Saturday morning cartoons, and you eventually did see a Dragon's Lair Saturday morning cartoon that was a spinoff. That was of, not uh, very good, by the way. Game. It was not as good as the game animation, but it was it it did at least give it a, a chance to explore the characters a little bit. And character writing is what uh, Don Bluth is really the best at. He's, He's good pretty at good at it. But here's the problem, and here's what I wanted out of this game uh, in terms of it being expanded to other uh, entertainment. So if that meant like, right. Oh, it's going to show up on a, an animated series, or they're going to make a movie, or whatever it is they're going to do with it. He's a little like Mario in that you don't. I don't want to hear Dirk say anything. I want to hear him go. Eh, eh. You just want to hear him scream. Yeah, right. I want him to make weird little noises, and I want him to, yeah. you know, to be this like stalwart, single focused guy who's just there to get the right. princess. And and the minute you give him talking lines yeah. is the second you're going okay well it's, that's not what i'm it's not what i signed up for it is a it is a very simple story the, about the only motivating factor most characters or the characters and stories in arcades at this time and for quite a while was the damsel in distress yeah you're the hero you control the hero and you must rescue the sexy bombshell daphne 
based on some uh, very sexy Marilyn Monroe Playboy pictures. Now, from, uh, at least that's what they say. So Don rumors. Bluth spoke to that. Tell me what his take, because yeah. there was a long running rumor that she was very, you know, very driven by that and 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 was, you know, designed on these naked photos of Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. And he kind of denied right. it, right? Wasn't that the he, deal? He did it first, and then, but then like in a 2011 interview, he was talking about Dragon's Lair, and he said, this is what uh, Don Blue says, there are many things we've never said about Dragon's Lair. We had a hard time financially making that happen. Blue says, after Secret Nim, Bluth had a large team, but there was no money coming in. Rick Dyer, that's our game designer guy, who was then the president of Advanced Microsystems. That's a, that's a big thing. Saw Secret Nim. Uh, I don't, I'm thinking I'm reading the wrong part. Oh, I see. Now I'm going to jump down. We're going to come back to that later. But you specifically asked about the Playboy magazine. Yeah. This is what Don Blue said about that one. Yeah. I, who had never looked at a Playboy magazine before, whatever, Don, yeah. was introduced <laughs> to one by Gary Goldman, uh-huh. just ratting his friends out here, man. What a rat fink, yeah. who pointed out there were several provocative pictures within in, in Playboy, provocative pictures, no and way. that may inspire us. Blue told me, so they opened the magazine. And their eyes were met with dozens of suggestive poses for their heroine. There were they, these were used to create Daphne's movements, which you can really tell if you watch. He's all like hanging on stuff and yeah. doing all the sexy Playboy poses. And if you watch the scene she's in, you'll clearly see how the moves from pose to pose, showing off her assets. Yeah, she kind of uh, has like so. Yeah, like yeah. A so, and he, he little... continued on and said there was a lot of the Marilyn Monroe image, which was in Playboy, that came across with Daphne. Uh, she was a cliche of dumb blonde, so she may not uh, she may not work today. He admits back in 2011 that this might not work today because <laughs> you know the women have to be able to wield the sword too. Yeah, I don't know why he said it like that. Blue told me it was a different. They deserved each other. Dirk was no brain. He was a bumbler, but he managed for some reason to save the princess and kill the dragon. Both the characters were something of the archetype: the beautiful but dim-witted woman and the heroic but clumsy hero. So. Yeah. Yeah, Playboy, man. Playboy. Thanks, Don Bluth. Here, let's listen to her say something. This is the princess, ready? Here you go. This is Daphne. Please save me. The cage is locked with a key. The dragon keeps it around his neck. To slay the dragon, use the magic sword. Dude, she is so... She's so breathy, and it's like uh, it's like a Playboy magazine came right to life right there. So if you was ever if you was ever you know a, a teenager uh, male playing d- a Dragon's Lair, and you wondered why you had felt felt tingly inside yeah. and why you couldn't stop putting fifty cents in it, yeah, that's probably it. Because it wanted a, a half a damn dollar anytime you did anything, and so when you did, yeah. You, if you didn't have stuff memorized or know where to go when you went, I don't know anyone who's ever gone through this game for the first time and never and, and gotten right. all the way to the end. I don't think oh, that's possible. It's well, it's not possible because there's a couple things going on. This is the first time we've seen quick time events uh, in in video games, and that's what you're doing. You're watching video clips uh, play, and at a certain point in time, you'll move in four directions on the joystick, or you'll press your action button, which is attached to your sword. Some parts of it. In later development of Dragon's Lair, they started adding uh, lighting cues. So you'll mm-hmm. notice that when you go, you'll notice sometimes it's like, oh, they just show me what to do. Something lit up. They didn't do that all throughout. That was something they didn't discover that was needed until later yeah. in the development of the game, which took about seven months. Yeah. And uh, they, they fixed that in Space Ace, but it was too late. So yeah, if you finish Dragon's Lair the first time with no deaths... 
What yeah. are you? Cause the new, because the new there is a version of this game, the PC version, which there was a remastered one in the early two thousand or twenty early twenty tens. Um, right. They have the flashing doors, the flashing floor, the flashing sword. Yeah. Like they have all that stuff in there. And later editions of the yeah. game did have that. But you're right. Those early days were just you doing visual cues like, well, that f- part of the floor is not on fire. So I guess I'm moving there. Right. But I have to move there at the yeah. exact right time I'm supposed to. And it's such a twisted thing because quick time events, people have this love hate with it. Like the history of it, like we're talking about today, is super interesting. We all have fond memories of it or whatever. But when people put quick time events in modern games now, which happens all the time, I was playing right. Sp- Spider Man the other day uh, on my PS5, totally has quick time events in it. Yeah. Um, and I think really well implemented ones. But people kind of talk smack about those, like they're a yeah. lazy yeah. way of doing gameplay or something. And I don't know, I get torn. I kind of understand that point of view. And on the yeah. other hand, I think it's, this stuff's really important and has come a long way. So I, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's I I think it's a, I think it's a, another tool in a game maker's toolbox because there really is nothing more compelling and uh, interactive when when you're watching a, a scene that you want you want to feel like you're a part of, but you also want these things to play out in a specific way. Right. So. Like with Dragon's Lair, they drew all these cartoons, and you know you wanted Dirk to 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 progress through the through the castle, and so yeah, your quick time events, you got to the next piece, and because you were so focused on trying to get it right, you were really engaged into the content, and I actually think the Dragon's Lair pacing is phenomenal i hated it at first because i'm like am i even doing anything it's non-stop it's just bam 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 go 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 it is it's bam bam it's 22 minutes worth of animation is what they say is on the disc but i'm not sure i'm like eh, wait a minute i noticed that on some of these things you flip the screen so is it really 11 minutes worth of animation or is that always yeah they, factor? You know they what I'm reuse about? yeah they reuse some of the mirrored stuff um like there, there yeah. are a couple of cases where like the big platforms dropping down you got to hit it on the third platform they right. do that le- facing left once facing right once and then i think a third time facing the other way again uh there's also those two or no uh, what's the other part that i always think of where it flips the horses oh the, the chest piece oh, horse freaking is horse what a pain in the ass and, that horse is back and forth yeah such a pain but yeah, they got a lot out of a short amount of stuff. Now, if you play it flawlessly all the way through, yeah. a perfect game will take you twelve minutes two seconds. Yeah, that's, that's the why I think. Yeah, thing. so that that makes sense. And yeah. then you know, if if you consider that, then all the death scenes, which are roughly, I was trying to count. I don't think there's any specific number they did, but somewhere between one to three seconds was each of the death scenes. Yeah, that's how short. long they were they were lasting for me when I was counting them. They're super short. Um, if you combine all the death scenes, super short. They are three minutes, uh, sorry, three minutes sixteen seconds total of death, right? Uh, that are broken out into. And chunks. like I said, this was appealing to my demographic age group, big time and hard because it's like wow, this is so. This is like watching a Saturday morning cartoon, which I was raised on and i'm like this is freaking amazing and uh it's fantasy i mean they're gonna about to show they're about to do sci-fi next i'm like they were tickling all the right spots they had daphne yep come on yeah what else you ask what else can you get borf i guess was on his way so you're about to get some borf oh yeah do you see that chat where that where that bridge just blinked this is the version that has the blink so you can see him go yeah i I gotta go that way i purchased i purchased okay so 
uh, emulation wise, I don't know if you got a chance to play this this past week. I did, um, and I streamed it some. I tried to play it. I did actually play it through Daphne. Daphne is the emulator and also the princess's name. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, you can play through Daphne. Daphne emulation is really good if all you're wanting to do is play Dragon's Lair. If you go beyond that, the project is kind of stalled, and they have a lot of other Laserdisc games, uh, such as uh, Space Ace, uh, Astron Belt, Cliffhanger, which we're going to talk about. Um, and they have all of that, but only Dragon's Lair really is the only one that really works worth the crap. But if you go to the website, it looks like that it was made in 1998, even though it was made later. It's pretty, it's pretty ugly looking. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. I played it that way, and uh, I, I, you know, I started getting better, starting getting better, and then I said, you know what, I'm going to compare it to the Dragon's Lair on Steam. So I picked up Dragon's Lair on Steam. That one on Steam, man, uh, it's mostly positive, but I, you can really tell there's a difference in in how the timing reacts. Well, I, I can tell you this: the the so the Steam one's the one I have, consistent. and I played I played through that one as well. Definitely more responsive than the old game. The old you game had, so? I, oh yeah, for me for sure, because the old game okay. had this oh, the, moment of like, if you got the right, if you did the right move, right, you, you had to wait for a laser to move. <laughs> right, that's true. That's yeah. true. So it wasn't instant. This is more instant, which may throw right. people if they're not used to that rhythm. You know. Yeah, it was interesting because Daphne was uh, actually more responsive. And and one of the reasons why is because they have all kinds. They've got all the settings. It's a Swiss Army knife, man. You got all kinds of settings to to configure how fast and everything. It's all. It's really. It's really good. And mm-hmm. it was the best experience that I had was playing on Daphne. And I think because of that high bar when I played it on the Steam, I wasn't as impressed. Now it does look better. I like some of the things they did with the one on Steam. Let me take that back. I like some of the things they did yeah. in Dragon's Lair on Steam, such as they give you a little arcade layout. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like a little, it's like it's like you like a, it's, it's you got a little board and stick, and you got your attack button. Um, but they won't let you turn some of those overlays off. Like I just want to use the flashing screen spots. I don't want to use because they'll show you they'll show you on the joystick which way to move at any point in time. I'm like I don't want to see that. Get that out of here. So you can turn that off. But what it does is it still leaves the sword overlay on the middle of the screen. It doesn't light up or flash anymore, but it's just there. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? I don't know why either. That's a weird thing. I, I feel like not enough care is taken with these these remasters right. or slash with, with that being, or whatever. With that being said, yeah. with that being said, the Space Ace on Steam is the best one. Oh, I didn't play that one. You like that one? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they got a deal. Well, it's not really a deal, but I bought Dragon's Lair because I wasn't sure if I wanted to play Space Ace and Dragon's Lair 2 because they had a pack. They had a pack for Dragon's Lair 1, uh, Space Ace, and Dragon's Lair 2, which I never played. Yeah. Uh, and it was like 20-something dollars, and I bought Dragon's Lair because I wasn't sure. It was like 9 bucks. And then I came back, and I saw that the bundle, they said you can get the other two for the price difference. So I was like, oh, thank you, Steam. Yeah, I thought you was gonna try to screw me over, but you didn't. No, not so this I just time. bought all. I just bought all three of them. No, that's cool. I, 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 I yeah. so Space Ace was a game that I really liked in theory. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I I found it to be a, a lot harder, uh, despite some 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 quality of life improvements that they made to the interface yeah. in terms of like movement and the flashing zones and all that. Um, I still found Space Ace to be like punishingly hard, and so I never played yeah. it as much it's, as I did Dragon's Lair. It, 
And one of the reasons why is because in Dragon's Lair, it felt like you were constantly, okay, it, it never felt like the same game twice because you were constantly being bounced around. You were random areas in the castle, random things happening. And I kind of actually liked that. Some people didn't care for that. Uh, Space Ace made it more linear. So, but that meant you, some areas you had to keep playing over and over again in a row. And I'm like, I don't want to play. I hate this area. Yeah. And I, I can't get away from it. Even if I die, I'll freaking do it again. Yep. But it did have branching paths. Yeah. So there was a good, nice. Yeah, bonus. that was cool. That was um, an unusual uh, thing. They were trying to up their game. Uh, yeah. With that concept. And, and some of the, and they tried to elongate the animation parts too. So like, uh, you may have like with with Dirk, you would just have like one action, and then you'd be into the next room. Sometimes it would be multiple, but usually three was the tops. Whereas this one, you had you know a lots of times where you were watching something for a good almost a full minute or yeah, so yeah. worth of actions and stuff, and it's like it felt. I didn't like the pacing as much, but I think some people did. I think it, it just was. It was a much more um, cinematic experience than. Right than Dirks, and 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 then that includes, by the way, Dragon's Lair Two, which I'm not a fan of, because I right. think that game forgot why the first one was special. Right, it's hard to explain, but there's like a how do I explain it? There's something about two where they just right. veer too far away from what made the first one resonate for me, and I it's hard for me to put my finger right. on why. But it says that's a good point. Well, there was also a little bit of. There was so much going on. This thing, all the, this technology came up so fast and so quick, and it was hitting the animators, and it was hitting the game developers, and it was hitting. It was it was a question. It's like, holy smokes, it, is everything about to change? Are yeah. we about to redefine uh, the arcade? And the answer was no. Um, the the gameplay for these games wasn't compelling enough. The mm-hmm. visuals were t- t- destroying everything else. I mean, visually, you couldn't compete with Don Bluth animation on arcade. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. No, but, it, was, uh, it was rad. Yeah. Um, the the, the rad. thing is today, you could make a very compelling looking game that would look better than this even, and you right. can get away with it. But also, I just don't think the quick time event gameplay focus was going to ever last. It just wasn't going to last. No, it's just not. It's just not compelling enough because it it is a game of memorization. So yeah. there's a limited amount of animation. You know, like we said, like 20 minutes or so, and uh, so it wouldn't take you long to memorize all the scenes and what you need to do. So you know, there's a there's a there's a point where it's like, okay, that's it. Was there ever a scoring mechanic in this? I think that's one thing they missed out on. They should have like a no, scoring mechanic. I think they had a way to say if you finished it or how long it took. Yeah, you I mean, or something. You, you were rewarded. You were rewarded by the the final scenes and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and Space Ace actually did a little bit different because there was actually a uh, there were certain scenes you couldn't even see unless you played at the harder levels. They added levels here too for how uh, difficulty levels. Yeah, which is pretty and cool. So you could. Well, I thought it was pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. It's um, all right. I'm watching the two video from two here from Dragon's Lair two. And yeah. there's there's things to like. It's just There's things I don't know. Things I don't to know. Like. They just I guess what I'm saying is I would have rather them taken the time to let Bluth run a show. And right. and that wasn't the time to do it. Like if we're talking now, like in the twenty twenties, this would be on Netflix or something. You know, like it'd be a popular video game and then they'd they'd get a deal with this, Prime or Netflix or somebody and yeah. And they'd make a thing and out that's, of it. And that's what Netflix was trying to do for a hot minute. I think it's fall. I think as as it officially 
failed yet or are they still no, they're still doing they do still that? got stuff um they got you know uh everything they've done this year animation wise is all done real well right. they just i think right. they have an overall bigger problem which is i don't know they got too cocky <laughs> i think they, they thought they were going to always be number one and they still are number one for the record they're not it's yeah. not like they're suffering that much but they're suffering enough that they have to i don't know they're having to cancel a lot of stuff and it's not just animation yeah. they're canceling all sorts of things um, so we'll see how that turns out, but like, you know, you know, the, what's the video, uh, the league of legends one arcane, a huge success right, for them. Right, Gigantic. Right. They're going to do a second season. It's all big and cool and everyone loves it. I think there's right. plenty of opportunity for that sort of thing today, but I'm, but this didn't exist back then. Those weren't opportunities available to people like Don Bluth mm-hmm, or anyone mm-hmm. else. Um, yeah. oh, I see. I hate this part where they make, they, they do Alice in Wonderland bullshit. Yeah, they did. It's, it's very Disney, too. How do you get away with that? I would be Don Bluth. Did he like, uh, was he even involved with this one by the time we got to Dragon's Lair? I assume he is. I mean, yeah. his studio at I least I mean, we weren't, we weren't too far out of... Uh, we were right in the middle of the animator strike. I don't know if you remember that was going on. There I was, do remember uh, that, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of hubbub going on. So it was interesting how, you know, this this could have been something that could have employed... So many animators. It could have changed. It really could have changed everything. But once again, I think quick time events just aren't compelling enough. And the equipment is really hard to upkeep. And it does cost a little bit more. And do you really get your money's worth? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of factors going on here. Yeah. A lot of questions and, about uh, that stuff. Did you ever play the the, the side-scrolling uh, NES, Super NES and Genesis games or any of that? So I hate all <laughs> Dragon's Lair ports. Yeah, I hate all the Dragon Lair ports for the consoles. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I hated them all. Not, not a that's fan. That's not fair. That's not fair because they may be fun, but they're not full motion. The one thing that's special about Dragon's Lair and these aren't is that, the yeah. animation. It's not sprites. It's not yeah. sprites. It's not platforming. It's not any of that stuff. No, you're totally you know correct. What I mean? Yeah, I know. I think you're right about that, and I think that is the that is the kicker here. Is that these might even be more interesting mechanically? You know what I mean? Like, there's more to yeah, do. Absolutely, mechanically. Absolutely. But that's not. But the point of Dragon's Lair was never like if this had, if this is how Dragon's Lair would have started, and then they did a full motion video thing of it. That's different, right? Right. We would have embraced yeah. that and said, "Oh wow, look where this is going now." After this old 2D thing, but instead it went the other direction. And none of this was as compelling. It's, it was just weird. I mean, look at this. Scene. It's, it's not interesting. I'm not, I'm not seeing Dirk die constantly. I mean, that's, that's part of the charm because that's what we used to love about cartoons growing up. When I was growing up, you know, we were, we were all Warner Brothers, uh, Bugs Bunny era kids, you know, mm-hmm. went from the film and now we're watching it on TV. Yep. And so we love the uber violent. Nothing dies. You know, it, things don't die, but they do get, you know, dazed. And that's what this was. There's where's the death? Where's the death scene? You've taken all the heart away from it. Get out of here with your stupid. Not, not only that, you've got um, UI elements that are in your <laughs> in your freaking way, which is so annoying. To yeah, me. Like yeah. you're literally standing in front of the score. Like that's not yeah. a good video game design. I know that. I know there's people out there who probably love this game, and maybe they never even got to play the Dragon's Lair at the arcade. And that's perfect. That's fine. If you love this game for what it was, maybe you like the platforming in it. Maybe there was some unique gameplay that really appealed to you. That's perfect. I'm just a. You got to remember who I am. I am. I am first and foremost uh, a lover of animation. Yeah, and I always same. have been. And my my parallel growth of loving animation and loving gaming. I don't know. So you're not saying that you know 
It's been a struggle. You're not saying that sprite animation is a problem. You're saying this is... I like sprite animation lots of times. Yeah, they just, just jammed that, a thing in here yeah. that didn't belong here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, I mean, because why, why this character? Why not anything else? You could have made this game with any other character. It's... You know, it doesn't benefit us at all that it is Dragon's Lair themed because it doesn't even like a dragon, especially the NES version. Yeah, oh yeah. By the way, by the way, screw you, Nintendo. That's we need. <laughs> we need like a little clip thing that says uh, how how Nintendo was a dick this week in our in our <laughs> what history. Did, what did they do? <laughs> so uh, was it? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. That's I don't want right. to jump too far ahead. Well, but before you, before you, you do, that. what I'm showing the chat right now, if people at home can't see this, but there yeah, was a, the there was also a Space Ace follow up, and it was also a yeah. 2D scrolling nightmare, nightmare. generator. Um, it's not yeah. again. There are going to be some people who hear us say this and go, "You guys are crazy." I played that game like crazy, and I loved it. I understand. Yeah, I get Absolutely. it. Absolutely, especially if you were just a kid. You know, you didn't have all this just baggage that Brian and I have about the original content. <laughs> But it's uh, you know it just looks bad. It looks like a bad time. Yeah. I only I didn't play yeah. this. I did play the the Dragon's Lair SNES game. I did not mess with this one. I can only assume by looking what I'm looking at here that it's as bad as it looks. Right. <laughs> so, Look, if you have if you have fond childhood memories of any of these games, absolutely, there's a love there. I have my own things that I love, and you could argue and say, but Brian, aren't you just saying the thing, things about the dragon's Lair Cause you loved it. Cause you was little. Well, no, I was kind of a teenager and I kind of started to develop my own taste. And also the Smithsonian has put dragon's Lair. That's one of only three games in the Smithsonian. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not the only one who thinks the importance of, the no, I, I don't think there's any, there should be no question about that. Like that there's, there's right. a, there is a legacy there that is uh, unassailable in terms of it's groundbreaking, whatever. Um, right. But trying to milk it later for all it's worth never worked. And the only way you could ever truly do that is make us a proper animated feature or show or something. Yeah. Then then right. I'm in. Like, if you give me a full-blown Dragon's Lair movie, make sure he hardly says anything. That's the rule number one. Right. Okay, make him, make him kind of Mario. Make him kind of dumb. Make everyone I'm else Mario. do all your characterization. Okay, so everything else right. in the movie is going to be more important than what Dirk, I almost said Dirk Benedict, what Dirk the Daring says. <laughs> <laughs> you say Diggler, I say Benedict. I don't know what that's right. That's right. We got it. And have him sound like this. <laughs> just going, <laughs> just have him do that the whole time. And we're good. By well, the way, but, one, one of my favorite things in these games is the little success sound. Listen to this. Yes. The they, they there's yeah the sounds in this game you don't think much about them because you're you're busy there's so much visual going on but the, you you need those audio sounds to let you know when you aren't when you yep. missed it you whiffed or when you succeed yep. you need to hear all those things there's more than just flashing going on uh, so yeah it's it's a it's a it's real a f- experience and it is super fast yep. some of the fastest gameplay you'll ever see in any game. Yeah, uh, if you and, were good, you got your fifty cents worth, man. You played. Oh yeah, thing. you could play. You could play the full minutes there, and it was awesome because I don't know if your Dragon's Lair had like mine did. Now I didn't talk about how I played Dragon's Lair, but I didn't have Dragon's Lair at the arcade. Mm. I had an Aladdin's Castle, but it never came to our Aladdin's Castle for some reason. I guess we were just too cheap. But where it did make it to is it made it to our local skating rink, and so I would go out to the skating rink, and we had like a they had a small arcade section like four or five machines, ski ball and a dragon's lair. Yeah. And I, you know, at the arcade, I don't think it was shocking to me 
at the skating rink that the game cost 50 cents. If yeah. I'd have been at the arcade and was like, okay, we're going to dump my money. Everything is a quarter. Why is this one 50? I might have been upset. Sure. But this was the skating rink. Everything's friggin' expensive. <laughs> all the, all the, all the friggin' games are like twice as much as they should be. Yeah. So it didn't ever bother me. So I was fine with that. So I would, I would go to the skating rink on Friday nights, Saturday nights, get my, get my skate on, skate on for a little while, get some blisters, go, ow, this hurts. Yeah. Go get me a pizza by the slice and get one of those paper wax cups. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The baby. ones that only, mm. yeah, they're only good for about 30 seconds. If you don't drink that soda, it's going to fall out because it's just, there's <laughs> nothing to it. It's paper wax. And you'd go over to your dragon's lair, throw what money you had left in there. Yeah. Because uh, mom always sent me with a, like an extra 10 bucks, right? She'll be like, oh, your okay, mom's I got nice. all the tickets and everything, but just in case you want to get some pizza or a drink, here's $10. And so I would do that and I would always play Dragon's Lair and I love the crap out of it. And ours was never broken. Could ours your, was could your, always could your, working. Listen, could your mom go back in time and talk to my mom about that $10 thing? My, my right. mom never gave me extra money when I went with her. I had to freaking scrimp and scrape and borrow. And, you know, my friend would be like, can I have another quarter? I'm all out. Like, my mom so, never gave me working money. That sucks. The arcade, the arcade really, really let you know how rich or poor you really were. Because I had I had friends who were like, I got a $20 bill. I'm like, I got a 10. And then somebody's like, I got no dollars. Can I borrow some dollars? I mean, it was a, it was a real life lesson at the arcade about... You know where the where the families were financially. Oh yeah, you uh, could tell where somebody was yeah. at by how much money their kid had at the arcade. If he right. had a Slurpee in his hand when he got there, like lots of things, right. lots of things now, determined it. The, the converse also may be true. My mom gave me ten dollars, and so maybe she just broke because she gave me all the money. And yeah. then the other kid whose mom wouldn't give me anything, she's like, I only spend money on a stupid thing like that. Maybe they're living in a nice fancy house. I don't know. Maybe they are. That's yeah, how, that's how money works. Everybody within the sound of our voices could use a little better help. Listen, if you're sitting there listening to us right now, ask yourself this question. What interferes with your happiness? All right. Answer that. I can't hear you when you answer it, but, you know, whatever your answers are, hold on to those. And, you know, think of things that maybe are preventing you from achieving your goals. Better help. Our brand new sponsor will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Yeah, that's right. You connect in a safe and private online environment. It's very convenient. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours, all without ever having to sit in some uncomfortable waiting room or multiple waiting rooms. Oh, it's the worst. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you ever need to. And it's available for clients worldwide. So that's pretty cool. BetterHelp is not a crisis self-help line. It's professional counseling and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and i don't know send a message to your counselor anytime anytime you're feeling like it so whether it's depression stress anxiety family conflicts sleeping sleeping issues trauma that sort of stuff doesn't matter they're there to help you for what ails you in fact so many people have been using better help that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states it's a very easy site to use, and uh, uh, they make it so simple so to get the help that you need. So start living a, a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CoreGaming and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CoreGaming for 10% off your first month. Thanks, BetterHelp. Now, I before think. before we do anything that gets us too far away oh. from Dragon's Lair, I do want to play a sound that I hated, and I can hear it in my okay. head anytime I conjure up the visual. I hear it. 
It's the very first encounter of the game. If you successfully pass it, you get the sound I'm talking about, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to okay. play it. I always hated this. Here it is. I hate it so much. It that was, like, was that the uh, was that the slot? Was that the eye things? Yes, the, the, the tentacles out yeah. front on the bro- drawbridge, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they and they sound like you know Donald Duck having a freaking orgasm or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's really obnor- obnoxious. I freaking hate it. Right. And when I would now, hear it in the arcade, I just be like, oh, hurry up and get past this part. Okay, phew, I don't have to hear that again. Now, we almost did get a proper early because, okay, so Laserdisc Games came along and gave us this amazing multimedia experience that we wouldn't see again for a very long time. Yeah. And it's too bad because, um, <laughs> it's too bad because we almost got one. We, uh, Rick Dyer was actually working on and has been working on, uh, some home, co- home consoles. You may have heard the Halcyon. I'm not oh, sure if you've heard it before. I do. Yeah, I remember it was, that. that. Yeah, it okay. is a. I hope, I hope I'm saying it right. I've only read it. I've never heard anybody say it. But uh, it was the size of a laser disc player, and I'm talking about a big one too. Because you know why? It ran on laser disc power. Hmm. Man, I would have bought the crap out of it. I would have saved every. I would have saved money. I don't know how I would have got one of these things in my possession, but I would have never made it to market. Yeah. But uh, man. I would have loved that because there were so many cool things they were doing. They were doing that. They were doing like football stuff. Really, did you, did you ever see the football things that they were? Oh yeah, on laser on laser disc. Yeah, where I used it's to like, love that. Uh, yeah, that that's was cool. crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Uh, and stuff and, and just all these all these games, Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, Astron Belt, which is if you're not familiar with that, there was a time when uh, we had sprites uh, that were flying on screen. And then you had a laser disc uh, displaying the background, like in the sky and stuff. Yeah. Because skies are kind of realistic; skies are kind of hard to render. Yeah. And so, hey, you know, they did they they made, combined it, mm. and so that's actually the Astron Bell Red was what uh, was one of the things that old old Mister uh, Rick was 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 getting vibes from. He's like, oh, laser disc, laser yes. disc, hell bells. Uh, real quick, I, just so we're not embarrassed later when everyone sends us emails, I didn't realize that oh. that Dragon's Lair movie was supposedly still in production. Um, yeah. Um, it was an Indiegogo it, deal, right? Right. It was uh, It was Indiegogo. It was Kickstarter originally. They killed that. They put it on Indiegogo. Uh, they got the funding they needed to to promote the movie, to try to, to get it sell, pitched. Yeah. And, uh, Ryan was, Reynolds was is some, attached or something? Ryan Reynolds is as Right. Dirk? There was a... There was a couple of people. It's still listed on IMDb. I'm not sure what actors were attached to it, but they uh, it, it 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 was getting ready to try to find the rest of the funding in 2019. And as you can imagine, we're right rolling into the COVID times. You know, and yeah. it's, uh, everything got a lot more difficult. And so I would expect this is probably still going to happen, but it's going to be just a little bit longer. I mean, let's... but do I even want to see us? Dragon Slayer I do. movie? I do. Do I? The story is so thin. I don't care. I want to see it. And now that I heard Ryan Reynolds is in there, I can kind of actually see him doing it. I take back everything I said about right. voices. I think he could probably pull it off. He could play that I would, aloof. I would he? love to. I mean, I just want to watch, you know, an hour and a half worth of dirt getting killed. I mean, that's just what I'm there for, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking real quick here. Yeah. There. Okay. So back in... So, okay. So this was obviously this funded back in 2016. 
Uh, right. Seven hundred thirty-one million. I'm sorry, seven hundred thirty-one thousand dollars. One hundred seventy-two. They got Ryan Reynolds involved. He is on the IMDb page as the only actor in it, and now there's just nothing else here. So I don't know yeah. what that means. Maybe they. Stalled. Maybe it pooped. Maybe you know, not everything gets gets made. So maybe this right. you know, fizzled out. I, and I, I'm not I even know. sure who. I I don't even know who did the Indiegogo. I just knew that there was a project. Was it was it Rick Dyer and Don Bluth? Were they back again? Well, it's definitely Don uh, Bluth. Uh, Don Bluth and Gary Goldman come together to bring the classic game Dragon's Lair to the big screen. And Don Bluth was in the uh, like the video and all that. So right, he's part of it. I you know what I hope. I hope it's being delayed for some kind of legal issue with Nintendo over their stupid platform game they had. That's what I hope. <laughs> You'd like to see Nintendo get theirs for being a, a, yeah. an accessory to, to gross on this? I yeah. Get it. Yeah. All right. We got to talk about uh, a game I played and <laughs> loved in the arcade, and I didn't even know how it worked. I, didn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing when I played it, even more than Dragon's right. Lair. And that game was Road Avenger, or as they called it yes. here in the States, Road Blaster, I think. Road Blaster. I think that's right. I think that's, I think that's right. the order of things. It was a full motion video type thing, laser disc system, an anime. It was made in Japan. And right. it was, I don't know if it's based on another property. All I knew is that it was it, yeah. driving the whole time. So you're, the quick time events are like swerving out of the way, getting on the right ramp, jumping over the top of a thing. Uh, you're this just wicked cool car in this kind of weird, weirdly futuristic place. Uh, yeah, you, you, as you can see in this video, you're sliding around in the oil, and you got to try to, you know, turn. I think it had an actual steering wheels or a controller, I believe. Um, it was awesome. I'm trying to remember, yeah, I do remember this game. I, I played it like once or twice. I really sucked at it, but it was really cool. There was a couple of these uh, race kind of games, like uh, there's also Cliffhanger, uh, yeah, which Cliffhanger, was very which had a lot of yeah. yeah, it had a lot of scenes like this. This was a much. This is a really interesting take on some of the things I learned about Laserdisc games. First of all, uh, Dragon's Lair, very expensive. Had a lot of money involved, like $1.2 or something like that. Yeah. And so uh, this isn't Stern, but uh, Stern did Cliffhanger. And, uh, and, and you know, they didn't want to spend that much money. So they went and did what a lot of American companies do. They go get some, uh, they go get a lot of, they go to get an anime. You know what I'm mm-hmm. right? Some mm-hmm. series, a sure. series of anime in Japan. Sure. License it on the cheap. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and then make a game out of it. Just yeah. chop it up yep. and make a game out of it. And I, I I'm kind of wondering if that's what happened here. That it sure feels looks like it. Like yeah. What happened? Cause there's not much of a story here. Basically you're just this driver. Um, and you're right. Trying not to get killed and you're just driving around and, <laughs> Uh, what I what impressed me about it though is just the seamlessness. There was none of the quick jumps or any of the yeah, like yeah. cuts that were some, that felt like bad editing that sometimes happen in Dragon's Lair and other games like that. Oh, and this yeah. game just always felt like we were moving. We were always driving. I was always yep. turning. I was always trying to save myself. My buddy, my buddy Mark was really good at this game. I was Mark. shit at it. I was dying all the time. But he was he was very good. So anyway, I was, that's an, I I played more cliffhanger uh, through emulation later and i really sucked at it mm-hmm. and uh i went back and learned a few, few little things about it too i was like okay this is i learned about the original animation i went back and looked at the like original anime uh and then i also found out the one i was playing it actually had you were playing the character the titular character cliff uh and you would when you would die they would always show the same scene of him hanging yeah, like in a silhouette, and yeah. you know, I was—I didn't. I'm, I'm a grown-up. That didn't bother me any. Yeah. But I didn't realize, yeah, back in the day, that was a that was a thing. 
and it was very disturbing. So there was actually, I think, a switch, a, a dip switch in there that they could turn that off so that when he died, he didn't get the the hang scene. I'm like, well, that's dumb. That's half the fun. Yeah. Half the fun is watching your character die in a morbid way. Yeah. Is, this, is this Cliffhanger now? This yeah, is this cliffhanger, is Cliffhanger, yep. So, yeah, so Cliffhanger is very... It's a lot more what you'd think of in that era of like, um, I don't know, speed racery looking. Yeah, very speed racery uh, kind of style to it. I don't know who the artist is, but uh, it's a it's an it's a game. I played some. I was bad, so I didn't yeah. play it much. I kind of got out. You know, didn't play very often. So, but people love Cliffhanger. Yeah, some people love cool. Cliffhanger more than they like Dragon's Lair because this there's actually. A story here, yeah. like uh, Dragon's Lair, for every for the beauty that it is. I love the the timing of Dragon's Lair. I love uh, you know I love the visuals of it. The, the yeah, Cliffhanger kills it as far as telling a story. Well, check you know, this out. Getting so you engaged with. We story. heard this intro for for this. Dragon's Lair. Right, we've heard that. Now this one. Right, right. Listen to the Space Ace one. It's very similar. Space Ace, defender of justice, truth, and the planet Earth. You know who that is? That's the guy that does yeah. Green Lantern it's on Michael Super Wright. Friends. Same guy. Yeah. That's, that's Michael Rye. He's back in, right? Yep. He's he's great. Anyway, so there's that. Now, listen to the Road Avenger intro, okay? Be prepared for this. This is rough. <laughs> Road Avenger intro. bad it's really bad that's not bad no, that's bad it's such a time thing of its time there's just no dude around. that is badass that's awesome what are you talking about bad <laughs> that guy on right that here. you are wrong sir <laughs> <laughs> so bad um and then there was it. this which we don't have to talk about because you know it's not really in this conversation but there is this i'm commander sims the Sega Control attack team. Scat mission 230. Five teenage girls have disappeared after spending the night at the old Lakeshore winery house. All right, so that's part of Night Trap, but I love that the, yeah, the team... Yeah. What is it again? Hold on. Scat mission 230. The Sega Control attack team. <laughs> the Sega Control Sega attack Control team. Attack team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so so we're not going to talk a lot about Night Trap, but it is important to talk about the next time full motion video really saw a rise. And, and in my opinion, was a really crappy time for full motion video, in my opinion. I mean, it was um, bad. It was tiny. It wasn't even at full low resolution. It was like right. interlaced, was not CD- even interlaced. I don't know what it was. It was so bad. It was CD-ROM technology, right? So, I mean, we're talking about this is not a good format for video. Like LaserDisc, that had uh, plenty enough uh, fidelity in it. This did not. Night Trap. But Night Trap's really important because of what it did to the rating industry, uh, and how much it disappointed so many people after Congress talked about how uh, how sexy it was, and all the kids were like, "So oh, stupid! I gotta get some of that. I gotta get some of that sexy. This isn't sexy. No, it wasn't. This isn't uh, the promises. And by I the didn't way, get the this, promises. This video I'm showing everybody is not from the Sega CD version. This is the remaster, so that's why yeah, it looks like yeah. it might be okay, but it's still okay, like really yeah. low rent like video and yeah. stuff. It's pretty bad. It's bad stuff. That's that's the problem with uh we were we were in a in a in a in a transition phase and CD was not the answer just yet in my opinion. 
Um, we, we were also, it, though, I also would say if it's a transition phase, we weren't really transitioning to this kind of gameplay. Like we, we, what no. we were doing is we were riffing on things like adventure games, point and click adventure games, which we've talked about on the yes. show before. And these were really poor examples of that kind of gameplay, I think. Right. Um, I agree. That would get better oh, as graphics what, got better and things like that. But yeah. what, a, what a temptation it is, though, for the for. No, I, so this is always where I try to figure it out. I'm like, uh, you know. People have good ideas every day, right? There's the there's the most fantastic gameplay idea in the world out there right now, and it's not ever going to see the light of day unless the right marketing person sees it. Now you can publish and self publish on the internet yourself, and you can have some success. But unless you have like a really big marketing arm, you're only going to go so far, yeah. right? Yeah. So the movie theaters, I mean, the movie studios have been wanting to get crack into this forever they've been wanting to get some of that gamer money but they're not gamers they're movie makers yeah Yeah. and so that only goes so far they want to put their big voice you know they they want to put their they want to put their studio brand in there they want to put their you know their actors that everybody recognizes they put money behind marketing trying to get them built up they want to put all that stuff in here and it just doesn't always work unless you're talking about taking Hollywood out and doing the seventh guest. Oh, yeah, the seventh guest. Let's talk about that. And by the way, chat or people at home, if you're like, man, I really wish they'd dig deep on like the congressional hearings and what happened, Cousin oh, Night Trap are. and Mortal Kombat and all that early 90s stuff, we'll do that one day. Today is not it's that coming. day. All right. We're yeah. going to talk about seventh guest instead. Tell people what the hell that is because a lot of, I don't think a lot of players know about seventh guest unless they were big PC Yeah, seventh people. guest, uh, uh, the Trilobite, uh, they, those in Virgin Games. Uh, there was there was a couple of couple of dudes that were working at the Virgin Games, uh, Graham Divine and Rob Landros. I'm not even saying that right. They 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 uh, they pitched this idea to Virgin and said, "Hey, we want to make this game, Seventh Gus. It's gonna be it's gonna use videos, uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be solving puzzles, and it's gonna be creepy, yeah. and it's gonna tell a story, and we're gonna put it on CD-ROM." And we're going to sell it for a hundred dollars. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. So Virgin's like, nah, we're still really big into carts right now. Not really interested in the CD, but what we are going to do is I'm going to fire you. He didn't really fire them, but he did tell them he did put them up in their own little company, tri- Trilobite. And they, uh, they, they put some money towards Trilobite. So Virgin Games is really funded, uh, funding Trilobite's little effort here because if they fail, whatever. So, yeah, CD-ROM technology. People are finally starting to get CD-ROMs in their computer. This is a really big risk yeah. for this uh, the seventh guest. And it's this Agatha Christie clue type of a game where you're going to all go to this uh, this mansion and you got to solve uh, <laughs> logic puzzles. Yeah. All done in some uh, 3D stuff, but the most fascinating part is the really weird full motion video yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's that's where it really shines, if yeah. you ask me. That's one way of putting it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I always found it really off putting. I couldn't play it. Um there's that's something what's about so it. great about it. Yeah. If you were if you were okay, so this was this was if you were into goosebumps or any of those uh, you know any of those types of kid kind of horror stuff. Man, the seventh guest was speaking my language. They had a creepy dude what was making toys, and he made the toys after he robbed a lady who was 
coming home from uh, from choir practice, and then he takes the toy that he made and made and gives it to the bartender, and the bartender gives him a place to uh, to sleep, yeah. and he has a dream where he makes more toys, and then he gets the toys out to the kids and makes a lot of money by selling other toys, and then the kids get sick, and then what the hell am I watching? So. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, and that's had kind some, of how it starts out. It's it had really, some, it had some missed stuff in there. It had some like it's kind of, you yeah. know, again, some older, older games or other games kind of informed it, but it was its own thing. Didn't yeah, they have a sequel yeah. like Thirteenth Guest or something weird? What was the deal? Uh, uh, the Eleventh Hour. 11th they actually, hour. they actually, uh, yeah, they actually approved. They approved the sequel before they even uh, had this thing out the door because it was making a lot of buzz mm. uh, when it was go. It was you know it was hitting the circuits and it's like oh look at this look at this cool ass thing that we're doing right now you're watching the most annoying uh, logic puzzle in the whole game is the cabinet uh, puzzle where you've got to move all these cans with letters on the front of them to spell out the answer to a riddle and it's one of the most impossibly difficult ones to do unless you have the hint book. Or like I did, I played it online, streaming, and people watching me <laughs> yeah. told me what it was. <laughs> so that's the easiest way to do it. But uh, it was very frustrating. Some of the puzzles are super easy. Yeah, um, they're real easy to figure out, and other ones are way difficult. But the big selling point here is the same thing about Dragon's Lair. Here we are again, another new medium, uh, CD-ROMs. Uh, this game is a hundred dollars, Scott. A hundred dollars in nineteen ninety three money. Why, now that why, is a how risk. How did they get away with that? That seems nuts. To right. Me. That's like going, hey Brian, you want to you want to spend one hundred fifty dollars in the game? Because I would think that's about probably what the what what it would be in, in equivalent dollars today. I could be wrong, but I think it'd probably be somewhere like that. And I was trying to think, would I buy a new? Would I buy a hundred fifty dollar game? That would be a tough. Sale, no, especially hell if I was no. Young, younger person. No, right. well, I mean they did. There was there were a hundred dollar games back when uh, the Neo Geo was a thing, right? Like that was a pretty right, common right. thing. But that was different. Right. That was like, hey, you're buying a whole arcade machine basically when you buy this game. So yeah, somehow they justified it. This like is, hey, you want to play the CD-ROM game on your PC that you barely can run it? Right. How's if how's one hundred fifty bucks sound? <laughs> F off. Well, the thing. Well, the thing on top of that is. Not only did you have to do that, your PC probably didn't even have a CD-ROM in it, and you had to go buy a CD-ROM yep. so you could play it. And yep. those things were probably three or four hundred dollars. They were. So I guess why yeah. not? If yeah. you're why not get your CD-ROM uh, missed and <laughs> the seventh guest bundle? Yep. yep. <laughs> and really go to town. Uh, uh, Sector Seven says it well. Why pay that much much money when I can just play it in the front of a Radio Shack? See, that's true the kind story, of thing we need. Seven. Yeah. You probably could. A lot of the puzzles you get through, you could probably get through this game at a Radio Shack without getting ran off. Uh, except for a few of the a few of the logic puzzles, really hard. There's actually a, an AI in uh, in one of these puzzles that is almost impossible to beat. People uh, are constantly complaining about that. People will usually beat it, do it by luck, yeah. uh, just getting lucky. So, uh, real challenging game and really weird. And uh, I picked that up. I tried to play that um, through uh, emulation uh, through DOSBox at how'd, first. How'd that go? I, I downloaded the ISO's two disc yeah. off of archive.org. Yeah. I tried to run it through RetroArch using yeah. uh, using the DOSBox built into there. I yeah. couldn't figure out how to do the, the disc switching, though, because you had to install and then switch to disc back. I finally figured it out, but I did that after my stream. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go grab it off... Uh, it was like $10 on Steam. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. Picked up on Steam, 
uh, it's the remaster. It's like, oh no, I want it to be old and ganky. I don't want to be remastered. Don't worry. <laughs> They didn't make it all remastery. <laughs> it it really still looks go. old and ganky. It's yeah, don't worry. Crappy, yeah. I like a lot <laughs> so of these remasters. They don't really go that far yeah. with them. Yeah, they go that far. Yeah. So uh, you still get the crappy uh, CD-ROM looking video and everything. By the way, you, have you, you've seen the Seventh Guest, right? You know, it's it's like oh, I know so enough you, about it. Yeah, you're, I, you're thinking you're thinking Clue. Maybe in your mind, you're riding and you're listening to this podcast, and you're thinking in your mind, just like oh, it's Clue. It's a bunch of it's supposed to be set like during the late '30s, '40s. You got uh, people from different walks of life here trying to solve puzzles at the same time, uh, and and so you may imagine them being all real yeah. and looking real in this full full motion video. Well, the thing is, they did this all at their studio, and they had uh, they had blue they had like blue material everywhere in the studio for blue screening, yeah, so that they could you know they could cut the video out. Sure, very old so school way could, of doing that. Yeah, yes. very old school, so they could they could project it onto the uh, the three D background. So anyway. They didn't do a very good job. So <laughs> yeah. their solution was to make everybody be translucent yeah. so that you can't see all the jaggies and everything else. But they all like apparitions, which they're, makes it they're even ghosts. creepier. Yeah, they're meant to – now they look like ghosts. You make that part of your story. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, they're, they're ghost memories essentially. And so it's that's weird. So but anyway, necessity. back to my emulation thing. I did do that uh, on Steam, uh, $9.99. You can actually download a free uh, DLC component that allows you to see the original uh, screen, and it actually runs it in Scum VM, which is what Weird. I preferred. It was much better. It's really? a free DLC, runs it in Scum VM, uh, runs much better than the standalone EXE, uh, in my opinion, mm. of the seventh guest. So if you're going to do it, make sure you grab that that little DLC. Ooh, there's a breakdance and uh, pop lock and uh, uh, Clown, I don't like this. <laughs> it's so this is good, not good. Man. No, it's because these good. are all real people. I was going to say real <laughs> actors. They're all real people yeah. acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's oh my god! If you've never played Seventh Guest, uh, first of all, you need to play it really late at night by yourself. Yeah, and just because you're if you if you play it during the middle of the day with people, you're going to be kind of like, yeah, this isn't this is just you know kooky. It's yeah. not really creepy but it's creepy my friends it's pretty creepy and yeah, i think i think worthy on uh, to have on this list um right to sum things up i feel like there's a really special place for this real-time video crap yeah and i think it lived as long as it needed to to make the impact it was going to make and i don't think that stuff holds up as well today now, i mean i have a ton of nostalgia for all things dragon's lair and space ace but am right. i going to argue the gameplay is really great no no, but I love is the weakest. Part. I love everything. You know what? There's an inventiveness about it, about the entire technology, that is what I yeah. love about it. Like it isn't actually the sum of its parts. It's this idea that people came together, uh, creatives, and and engineers, and they put their heads together and said, "How can we make something that's like unlike any other game at the time?" And they did right. it in a way that is just unbelievably cool. So it will always have my respect as a thing that existed. But I'm yeah. not going to sit here and tell you that moving Dirk around was all that great. No, it puzzle solving makes it a little bit better. Once we got to the CD-ROM era, where we could start having you know the computer uh, literally fight you in puzzles and stuff. That that was kind of a, I think, point and click adventures. And that 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 kind of shined a little bit. The not visually, it sucked visually, but it was unique. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't even get into the topic of 
of all the uh, uh, full motion video shooter games. Oh, those those were a whole them. thing. Where yeah. you remember the westerns? Where oh you yeah, have, uh, Mad Dog know, McCree some, was one of those. Was yeah, big, the, big fan the, of. those things were so terrible. I mean, it was a bunch of. <laughs> People dressed up as cowboys and you know video, and you would just you would shoot them with your little light gun, and it was just it yep. was just horrible. What was the one? I guess Sega CD had McCree. That's the one I remember playing yeah, the most. Yeah, um, yeah. There was also there's Please Quest and stuff. Those are pretty neat. Those are well, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty neat. They're yeah. okay. I I think my bit. I think I liked McCree because it was so over the top bad. Like the acting was right. so bad and just so stupid. Sewer Shark. Oh yeah, Sewer Shark is garbage. It's a bad game. Yeah. But again, so many, I don't so I don't want to live in a world where those things didn't exist. I'm glad they exist. <laughs> right. You know? Like I don't want to yeah. I, I want these things to be part of the historical record. I want right. us to look back on them and and say whatever we're going to say and it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, Mad it's Dog fine. McCree exists and you can play it somehow somewhere. Yeah. Why would you and want to? Ended, but yeah. It ended there. That's I that's I kind of enjoy when we do the retro stuff where we have the beginning and the end of a particular game thing. Cause like we've seen the whole thing. It's like, there you go. We've seen all of it. Yeah. And these guys at, uh, what was it? American, what was, it, what was they called? American laser games. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. American. I think that's right. There was a minute there where right. they were just skyrocketing. Like, man, those yeah, guys they are yeah. going to be around forever. They're going to change the world. No, no, no. Light guns have been a, a, a fascination with ours for a, for a while. Even back, at, Nintendo did some early just standalone light gun stuff that back in the seventies, if I if I remember correctly. And so it's been, it's been something that we've played with for a very long time, and it's just now it's just gone because we don't have our CRTs to point at. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, stupid HDMI <laughs> enabled 4K TVs. By the well, way, that. these guys ma- helped make um, American Laser Games helped Naughty Dog make The Way of the Warrior on the 3DO. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, man. That's a weird, that's a All weird relic of lead. a thing. All roads, All roads lead. lead to Mad Dog McCree. All right. I wouldn't mind having Mad Dog McCree, but there's only so much Mad Dog McCree. I mean, you can't leave that running. I mean, no. like you couldn't, ha- you couldn't have a... You couldn't have a peaceful life in a room where that was running like all day, right? That's yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, you can't totally ignore right. that. You're you're absolutely right. All right, let's get into uh, <laughs> let's go let's go old school again and try to decide what uh, each other is uh, uh, trying to hide from oh, each other. Right? Destroy oh, destroy it! Guess say? my game. What were you gonna say? You were gonna say something? I was gonna say guess my game. Oh, guess my game! All right, here we destroy go. Destroy it! <laughs> all right, time to play guess my game. We play old games, sound clips from them, and then we try to guess who each other's game is. Uh, I'm gonna start this week, and here is your hints, Brian. I'll give you two of them. 1992, right. Electronic Arts. Okay. Oh. Okay. Check it out. So 1992. You can guess. 92. Electronic Arts, and I'm also pulling mine up right now because I totally forgot what it was. Okay, there you go. Go. Okay, right. no, no, give me, give me the feed. Give All me right, the feed. Here you go. Oh wait, I know this. You know this? I mean, this is some. Yeah, gen- absolutely. This is some Genesis music. That's probably obvious. Yeah. Oh my god, I know this. What about this part? Choplifter? Don't, don't say choplifter, <laughs> chat. It's not choplifter. <laughs> it's Let's do it. Any guess? I, I played this recently. What is this? Okay, the next hint is that it's isometric view. Yeah, isometric, yeah. I can, I can almost see what's going on. I just 
I may play this game again like a ton because I really love this game. I captured this myself today, playing it. Oh, nice. Yourself? That's pretty cool. Any guesses? Any guesses? Not yet. EA, uh, you said it was a Genesis game? Genesis game was also on the SNES. Uh, I have the Genesis version, so that's the one I gravitate to. Um, I'll, right. I'll give you another hint. It is a, let's call it a war game. Well, yeah, I figure it definitely sounds like it. It almost sounds like a, a shoot 'em up, an isometric view, and I can see it visually. There's definitely a helicopter flying and shooting like rockets. And yep, you're getting different very close. Things. I close. I played oh, this not too room, long ago. But chat room knows it, but don't look at the chat. I don't want you. To I'm not in the chat room. I, I like I said, I, I I'm not gonna be. I don't think I'm bid to pull it because I, I played this on. It's on my uh, it's on the 201 disc or cartridge I got. And I was flipping through them and I I can't remember. Oh, you probably I, that's, I definitely this played would have it. been where you would have seen that. Um, the only other hint I would give you is you once in a while have to pick up fuel and and ammo uh, with a crane. What year was it? 1992. So it's not going to be the Vietnam War. Is this is going to be like something during uh, Desert Storm kind of stuff? Oh, aren't we close now? You're very Desert close. Storm is it Desert Storm the game? Nope, incorrect. Is that a game? Desert Hawk. Nope. <laughs> You're right. It has the word desert in San- it. San. Okay. Well, I was going to. I was going to change. I was going to say Sandhawk. Sandhawk. Desert. De- uh, de- oh God. I don't know. Desert Palm. Desert. Uh, desert Blast. Desert Blast. No. Here. By the way, here's the very sad music at the end when you lose. It's very sad because you lose. Your your guy died. Uh, you were very close. I'll go ahead and give it to you. It was Desert Strike. Desert. Desert Strike. strike. Yep. Oh, Amazing I never game. Guessed that. Desert Strike. That makes sense, though. They had Jungle Strike. They had uh, oh a bunch of these. Jungle all, Strike. Yes. They're all good. All very yes, very good. Of course. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Now they're flooding back in. I would I actually I, played one not too long ago at Dave and Buster's, but it was a more modern version of it. What was it? It was a strike game as well. Oh, really? And I was kind of surprised. What was that? I, I don't uh, know. I didn't know they made one. I know it's an amazing uh, series. Uh, at least it was. Yeah. My memory is that I absolutely love that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Desert yeah, that's strike. on my, like I said, I think that's on my 201 di- uh, cart that I have over there because I was flipping through stuff trying to see what would not flash like crazy because... Sometimes this TV back here, if I put a game that flashes a lot, yeah. it messes with my camera. So, uh, and it was way too flashy. It was making all kinds of start screens. Top screen said, "Nope, not that one." Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, um, here it is. Strike. Yeah, I remember this. I'm yeah. trying to find if there was like, let's see, Legacy. Does it start followed up by four sequels: Jungle Strike, Urban Strike, Soviet Strike, and Nuclear Strike? Nuclear uh, the, Strike. That might have been one. That could have been it. Expanded on the basic gameplay it established. Design staff made efforts to retain game mechanics. They felt embodied the core of the original. They believed removing these elements would result in the loss of focus that attracted the fans. I agree with that. Um, Soviet Strike. Yeah, this is it. Uh, this is it. Yeah. Soviet Strike came out on the PlayStation and Saturn. Um, it had 3D graphics. Yeah, they had, this, they had this at Dave & Buster's when I went, and it was the arcade. I didn't know they had an arcade thing. That's cool. I'm pretty sure this is. If it wasn't this, it's freaking the best knockoff ever. Ever, but that's okay because you know Dave and Buster's has all kind of weird stuff. Sometimes they even have like uh, uh, they have stupid like oh you can you can play a uh, doodle jump and I'm like I doodle jump at the arcade. That's stupid. Yeah, that is stupid. Who wants that? Nobody. That's but, who. Yeah. Uh, Desert Strike Genesis Long Play. I just want to show the chat what this looks like. If you don't if you don't know this game. I find it immediately attractive as a game to play. Like you, 
you see it and you go, oh, helicopter zipping around doing shit like doing shit. There was a little bit of there is some choplifter elements to it because you got to pick up. Oh, that is so choplifter. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, this obviously choplifter is too, you know, a side view thing, but. But you're picking up dudes and, you know, taking them back, saving guys, killing other guys, blowing up their their stuff, stealing their gas because you have like limited gas. I'm stealing oh, your gas. The biggest complaint I have about the game is that it's still <laughs> it bugged me now and it did then is that you have no HUD in the main gameplay screen. Right. So you have to hit pause to see the map. And that also tells you your fuel level, your weapons, num- the number of weapons you have available that sort of stuff. So the only way to ever really get a good quick idea of how the status of things are is you got to, you got to hit pause and look, right. which is a little bit frustrating. I, think I played this one too. This game rocks, dude. It does. It, it rocks. rocks. So good. It rocks. Yep. And, uh, the SNES version arguably had better sound and graphics, but the Genesis version felt tighter. It felt like a tighter game, yeah, which often was the case. Tight, got. That happened a lot. Remember that? It was just like, yeah, oh, they're the same game on each one. Sure looks better yeah, and, pl- yeah. and the sounds better on that SNES, but mm-hmm. sure feels like a tighter game on the, on yeah. the Genesis. I don't know. It's one of my favorite things to do is comparative gameplay. Oh yeah, me it's, too. That's a game. That's a gameplay in its own self. It's like let me compare. Let's see how these. Let's see how these Yahoos did. Let's yeah. see if they did something good or. You know what I kind of want to do is just a whole series of that on YouTube or something. Just go and like compare. You know, here's the Genesis version of uh, Disney's Let's Aladdin. Pick a title and do it. Yeah, we may as well. Why not? Why don't we do that? Pick Why a not? game. I do go. it. Uh, all right. There you go, Brian. I'm going to play yours. Let's see if I can figure this out. Oh, 1994, is it? What's the year here? 1990 of four. All right. Here we go. Oh, this is immediately familiar. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm getting... Uh, is this flashback? Uh-uh. Uh, out of this world? Uh-uh. <sighs> 94, you say? 94, I say. This sounds so familiar to me. I'm. I give me a hint. Give me another hint. Uh, let me give me a hint here. It's a, it's a micro pros. Remember those guys? Oh, micro I do pros. remember micro pros. Developer, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that kind of helps. What if I told you it was some kind of um defense game? What about that defense game? Did that make you that be familiar? Uh, some kind of UFO defense. Oh, <laughs> sounding familiar. Um, sounding familiar. Oh my gosh, I know this game. I played this. I know what this is. <laughs> I know you've played it. That's the reason why I picked it. I'm like, oh, Scott's played the hell out of this game. Give me he one more hint before game. I give up. One more hint. Uh, I did say 94, but it looks like I might have come out in 93. Does that help? Nope, not at all. <laughs> it came out December 31st, 1993. <laughs> um, that doesn't help at all. Give me a proper hint. Right. Like a, uh, uh, let's see. Um, let me see what might be another good hint here. Um, uh, uh command deadly close combat battles. 
Research help. and manufacture alien technologies. Oh. Develop a strategy to save Earth. That's not XCOM. Well, there you go with XCOM. Oh, is it? Yeah. I just what, played I just played the new one, uh, or I was playing yeah. two and War of the Chosen yesterday. Uh, yeah. doing a comparison with the new 40k game that's a lot like it and uh, yeah. I just totally guessed <laughs> so I, had, I I did play those XCOM games back in the day but I, oh, dude, I didn't you, recognize we, it we've talked about it at length you have uh, is XCOM UFO defense man yeah that was a good one XCOM classic was such a good game boy the one thing I just noticed I'm watching this video of Desert Strike it took forever to use your regular gun to take down buildings and you just sat there yeah, and did. pecked at it for a half freaking hour Look at that guy. Yeah. It's because he's all out of missiles. You're he's all just, out of missiles. There you go. So finally. Lost without you. Oh, I'm going to play that game tonight. Um, Look at all that. Right. I sent you, I sent you a, a, a Halcyon uh, uh, image there in the Discord. Look at, look at that. Look oh, at that thing. Let me see. I'm looking here. Oh, look at that. Yeah. What? That's not Is that the one he made? Help make? Yeah, that's, the, that's that big old LaserDisc video game system. That's wild. Yeah. I wish I it existed. Oh, it does man. exist. It does like exist in like a, uh, like, like it's a just a prototype, a right? Yeah, like a prototype. Yeah, I don't think they ever did any production on them, but that's crazy. Yeah, that you know, cool? I really wanted the. Um, there's a prototype out there of a ver- a version of the 3DO, or no? Am I thinking of? Oh. The, wasn't didn't Panasonic make a version of the GameCube or something? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they they totally did. That's it's it's uh, you can you can actually find those not too expensive they're they they're available what they're a not weird thing un, they're not it, unobtainable i've never seen nintendo do anything like that it's like hey yeah i know it, it was called the gamecube the Q. One, here it is yeah the one time the, uh, nintendo was almost not a dick and then they changed their mind <laughs> <laughs> look at this thing chat look at that uh by the way thirteen hundred dollars on ebay not yeah, cheap yeah. you can find them for less than that but yeah. yeah okay yeah but that was like a gamecube but it had a bunch of other shit like regular size CDs would play in it. it. Had a bunch of stereo crap in it. Four controller ports, of course. What a weird, what a weird thing. Yeah, it's cool. GameCube Q. Oh, I want one of these. Yeah, man. But I don't want it. For I, now's now's not a good time to buy them. Though right now, those things are all outrageous. <laughs> I would say yes. If I'm seeing thirteen hundred yeah. for just a damn bid, starting bid, then I yeah. You know, I could say like everybody else does. Well, pre-pandemic, you could pick up one for you know two, three hundred dollars. Yeah. right now is yeah. yeah. Everything's higher now. Collectors yeah, are having a bit of a heyday. Crazy. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, well done there. Now this. Welcome to the treasure room. Poutine. Uh, we got a couple <laughs> emails here to read. <laughs> These came to us at playretroshow at gmail.com. First one's from Tim. He says, hello, I'm catching up, on your, catching up on your podcast and I'm really enjoying it. One thing I would love is if there was some documentation around the games and things you guys mentioned in the podcast. I'd really like to look into some of the things that you discuss and documentation like that would really help. Thanks for everything you're doing okay. with this show, uh, Tim. So here's the two ways we could do it. Either we uh, figure out a way to do it between us or we get right. some sort of intern type dude to do it for us. Right. Hey, intern, what you doing? We need to we need to organize our stuff. Yeah. I would love it if somebody did like detailed show note, you know, breakdown. Yeah. Uh, links Absolutely. off to the stuff we talked about, all that. Would love it. So if anyone out there is interested, let it be. And I'll make it easy on you because I, I usually make pretty good show notes. And I grab, every time I have a reference to anything, I usually put it. I'll give you a clue. 
This is how I start my week every week when we start whatever topic we're doing. I'll usually read the Wikipedia. It's yeah. a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I'll usually, I'll, I'll run some YouTube videos in the background uh, of histories of a certain thing and just kind of listen while I'm listening. I make notes of names and, uh, and places and, and years. Yeah. And then I, I keep that. And then I do searches on interviews uh, with all those people. And that's where I really have fun is getting into those interviews and finding the deep stuff that aren't mentioned in the YouTube videos and on Wikipedia and that kind of sure, stuff. So sure. Yeah. It's a bunch of work, but if you, if you're, if you're like this Tim guy and you just want like, Hey, where's the summary? Um, you know, with links and a little bit more detail than the current show notes. Uh, we need, we need a guy. So yeah, some, we, need, listen, we need a guy. I'll get someone out there. Reach out if you want to do it. Uh, we'll make it worth your while, and uh, we'll we'll see if we can get something done there. So thanks, Tim, for the idea. Mm-hmm. Daryl Breon mm-hmm. wrote in, says, "Hey, Scott and Brian, I just finished listening to episode 15 about the early 90s beat 'em ups, and I had to say thank you, thank you, thank you for initiating one of the largest waves of nostalgia I have ever experienced. Woo, sexy." Super sexy. He says Wait I'm about. Nostalgia. He says I'm about ten years younger than you guys, uh, age forty three. So I was smack dab in right. the middle of the target demographic for games like Ninja Turtles and Simpsons and so on, yes. and I was totally into them hardcore. Double Dragon, Streets of Rage, Final Fight, Bad Dudes, TMNT, TMNT, uh, Simpsons. These games were my childhood. So thank you again. Thank you in giant caps. Did you uh, or I did have a question related to this genre, although not exactly retro. Have you guys played Path of the Warrior on the Quest 2 yet? If so, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and if you haven't, it's a great game and extremely heavily influenced by those old beat-em-up games just uh, brought to, into the VR era. Uh, it is basically a love letter to the 80s and 90s in general and the beat-em-up genre in particular, and I have not been able to get enough of it. Anyway, thank you uh, thank you guys again, and please keep up the great work, Daryl. Uh, I have not heard of that. I don't even know what that is, but I will look into it. I, I have seen it in the store, and I considered picking it up, and I'm glad that Daryl wrote in and said that he's really enjoying it. I was a little concerned because um, a lot of stuff I was doing with my quest was mostly sitting down doing arcade emulation stuff, but I do occasionally get excited about uh, getting up and moving around, and this looked like fun. But right now, my little place where I'm at, I don't have any room to move. Is Am I going to be punching my microphone? Probably, uh, but I want to play this. This is this is on my uh, this is on my hit list. My guess is you don't have to do much other than just stand there and punch. I'm hoping so. Yeah, Mosh. I mean, it might have it might have a little bit of room space or whatever. But oh yeah, this looks like Streets of Rage 3D is what this looks like. Yeah, yeah. Your first first be up right here. Yeah, look at this hamburger there. Look at this hamburger. I love that. That is so great. Tasty health hamburger. Yum yum yum. Yes, thank you for that, man. That's that's a that's a great tip. I'll take yeah, check it out. That. Oh, look at this guy. He's like yeah. total streets of rage a hole. Look at him. Yeah, he's totally streets of rage in it. So this is like a another a, guy's coming out. Yeah, and it looks like <laughs> a oh like, geez. This looks like fun. It looks like so much fun. Okay. Oh my <laughs> god. I is it I wonder if it's is it multiplayer? I mean, I don't like, know. Um look at his face. <laughs> he's through this guy in the out. oven. It's all rubbery and stuff. All right, I'm in. This kind of makes me want to do this. I've been thinking about this too as a, as a topic. Uh, oh, he just punched a guy out of a bag. Yeah, I don't know um, what's going on there. I've been kind of wanting to do like all the uh, the the punch out and and uh, oh, ready to rumble. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to talk about those one week. Yeah, why not? Those I, I body blow, those. body blow, body blow, body blow. No, that sounds great. Uh, this is Knockout Two is so good. This is called so what? Good. Way Path of the Warrior. 
Path of the Warrior. And apparently, yeah, it's out now and it's on Quest natively as well as Steam, so you can get it. Mm. Very Ooh. cool. All right, thanks a lot for that. Uh, we appreciate you finding that for us. Uh, our next discussion, by the way, is going to be GoldenEye 007, GoldenEye for the N64, and other games like it that almost never happened. Did you know that eight out of the ten devs on GoldenEye uh, never worked on a game before the project? Did you know that? Yeah, I I, I know, and that's crazy. And yeah. I can't believe GoldenEye almost never got made. I, can you imagine? I can't imagine a world without GoldenEye. I can't, so we're gonna I can't either. It's, 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 it's hurts my brain but i'm gonna i'm gonna get me a real copy of golden eye 007 right now yeah uh so I, i'm it. very excited about this because i'm gonna get uh, uh we're gonna talk about how i used to divide my screen up with the with the cardboard i did that whole thing that people did <laughs> did you really oh, hell yeah i did i loved it that loved is that hilarious game. and i wanted the you multiplayer can't see what i'm doing over here <laughs> i wanted the multiplayer to be more fair so um <laughs> so i put dividers up so people couldn't see each other's screen um, I bet so we'll t- you made it real fair. <laughs> I bet you totally didn't <clears throat> cheat. I mean, stupid. you know, you got to do what you can to keep everybody real. But uh, that game's amazing. And why was it amazing? And how how come it almost didn't happen? Well, we'll get into it. Okay? That's yeah. next week. And other games like it. There's a few like that. Uh, but mostly it'll be a, a, an eye on GoldenEye. And, an uh, eye on GoldenEye. Yep. Yes. I Ar- love it. Arguably the biggest third-party game on that console. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> It absolutely is, and I'm looking on Amazon right now because I was thinking, well, that's kind of cheap for a, a, a SNES game, uh, or no, I'm sorry, an N64 game. Yeah. Goldeneye 007 game cartridge. This is the description. Goldeneye 007 game cartridge. Boys games for N64 US version. How much? Brand Uwa. Oh, $24.99. I'm pretty sure this is a, a big old fat fake. But brand what do Uwa? I care? Yeah. I'm gonna stick it my Retron Five. Yeah, when's the last Anyways, time you when's the last time you got a brand new Ouya game? So get that right. Yeah, yeah. This Ooh, isn't yeah. Ouya like the Ouya, is it? Don't do that. We don't want that. No, that no, no. It was you, you Why, why you, you We should do a whole story on how shitty that thing turned out to be. Ugh. Yeah, but does anyone want to hear about the saddest story ever told <laughs> in the history of video I games? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone wants to hear that story. Probably it not. Makes me sad. It's pretty, pretty bad. Um, but that'll be next week. So come back for our discussion on GoldenEye uh, 007. Was that a whole? What was the name of the game? Just GoldenEye, right? Or was it yeah, it's GoldenEye? That's what, that's what I called it. I didn't call it 007. It's called it GoldenEye. Yeah. I always, that's what I always say. Yeah, well, you I, play GoldenEye, right? Yeah, it's gonna be, it'd be weird. No one says 007 GoldenEye. Who says that? No one says. Nobody that. says that. Nobody says that. Nor should they say that. So never say that. Uh, in the meantime, check us out over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash play retro. We need your help to exist and subsist, and we need it based on your good yep. graces. Head on over there, throw a buck our way or whatever you feel good about at patreon.com slash pay. That's play only two retro. rounds of Dragon's Lair. That's all it is. Yeah, think of that. Two rounds of Dragon's Lair, and you're in. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Love it. Uh, play retro show at gmail.com, play retro show on Twitter, and uh, you can find everything else you need at frogpants.com slash play retro leave us reviews wherever you get your shows be it spotify apple podcast whoever uh google i guess facebook had one but no one knew and they just canceled it it's not there anymore oh yeah i know i got an email i mean they they kept sending me put your podcast this did it if they did it for like three months and then like last month they said we're closing down podcasts yeah i don't know what they were that's the dumbest like thing they ever did they're so they're dumb over there I like the medic. I like the quest, but I don't like a lot of other dumb stuff. Except for Farmville, that was cool. Yeah, it's not theirs though. That's freaking. It's who is that? That's uh, whoever that Zenga. That's who that is. Zenga. 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 
Uh, that'll do it for us. Hey, Brian, anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here today? <clears throat> uh, yeah, if you want to watch uh, me play these games poorly, I do it every uh, every night, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, and sometimes on Saturday. Come hang out. We'll play some stupid video games. That's right. And also, if you're like, man, what about like the, the current gen? What about all the new stuff? Check out Core on Thursday nights where we do just that. Uh, core podcast available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Come check that out and get a double dose of Frog Pants gaming goodness. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening and being here. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. I hate it.